championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Bezer, and I'm joined alongside by Darius Terrell as always. You guys listen to the Horsecast channel, which you guys can find on any podcasting platform out there. Today, we're going to be going over that spring game, talk to you guys about our thoughts on the quarterback battle, the offense in general, then get into the defense, or go position by, and then go position by position over the offense and defense, talking about what we thought about each position, the players out of position, and you know whether or not we're worried. Then get into these new. After that, get into some of the new guys as Texas picks up two new additions to their roster, and talk about how Texas has supplemented their roster with the portal. Darius, what do you think about that spring game? Hey, happy, happy, happy spring game overreaction podcast day. What's going on? Exactly. After this game, after spring game, absolutely going to be no development in this team. There's going to be no development or no regression. The, this is what Texas is going to be uh, when they face you, La La. I mean, just this is basically Texas, right? I mean, nope. there's, there's nothing changing. There will be no – that's the same schemes we'll see week in and week out Friday. There will be nothing added, no new wrinkles. No, no, no. I, I'm expecting no development over the summer. This is Texas. This is the Texas team for 2021. Let's go ahead and uh, – React accordingly, I believe. So let's get into this offense, Darius. Texas has a new offense for the third year in a row with Steve Sarkeesian at the helm. Darius, what popped out to you about this new offense during the spring game? Uh, What stood out? Uh, I will, The only thing, honestly, because, I mean, it's, it's a spring game, right? It's going to be. Vanilla. I, I would say he had his starters out there. He had some guys that are going to be playing major snaps in the fall out there longer than you typically see in a spring game. Um, I think he probably may have got that idea from Saban a little bit, even though he took it a little bit further. Um, I guess the most, what I noticed the most from the spring game offensively that I took away that was different from last year, I saw a lot of balls going over the middle of the field. I saw a lot of deep crossers, you know, things like that. Um, I feel like Texas left the middle of the field, has left the middle of the field, um, unattacked. You know, for the last, you know, three, four, five seasons now. So if that could be a change, I think that'll open up a lot of things offensively for them. It wasn't quite like mesh concepts. <laughs> no, 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 no. There were over concepts. Yeah, it was more deep crossers. Yeah. It is what we saw a lot of. We saw a lot of deep crosses, deep outs, check downs to the side, to the flats, or even underneath. You know what I did see a lot of? 12 and 20 personnel. I think one thing that's not going to change from that spring game to the season is there's going to be a reliance on the tight ends this year. We'll get into why. I mean, the depth there is absolutely insane, but I I do expect this team to be using those tight ends heavily. Uh, I do think that, you know, that, that 12 and 20 personnel is probably here to stay. What do you think? Yeah. So um, I'm about to, I mean, I'll be at a new school next year. Um, It's been, I'll be learning my my third offense now since I've been coaching Um, this Every system I've been in, including this upcoming one, coaches drool all over themselves at the thought of being able to have a tight end on the field at all times. If they can have another tight end, you know, the more the better. Um, what that does is it allows you to be multiple. Um, Tom Herman talked about it a little bit back when he 
um, was in charge. Charlie Strong talked about it a little bit, but obviously Texas didn't have the the, the weapons. But um, everybody talks about wanting to have those tight ends and be multiple and be um, unpredictable. But um, I think Texas with Jared Wiley, with a guy like you saw some nice things from from Juan Davis. We'll get into it. But, um, yeah, those tight ends are going to be a big part of what's going on. But what's different is outside of maybe since when Brian Harson first got here, he had he had three tight ends out there at one time. You're going to actually have a plan for the guys. And I don't think you'll see. I don't remember seeing K. Brewer split out. Will, did you? Not really, no. They they kind of were H-back-ish more so than they were split out. Right. So what I think we'll see from Sarkeesian is, just like every offensive coordinator, he wants tight ends out there, but he has a plan to use them a little bit better than we've seen over the past, you know, um, past few regimes. Right. Another thing that I noticed, uh, a change in the running game and the scheme, the runs that they used. There were a lot of GT counters. There were a lot of counters in general. There's a lot of movement. Uh, I mean, obviously you saw the pulling guards, but it's less zone heavy. And there was a lot of, there was power, there was zone, there was duo, uh, there were counters, there were dives. I didn't see any sweeps, but you know, you saw the gambit. Yeah, no, Texas is going to be a zone. Oh, you did see you a know. sweep. You, you saw a sweep with Calvante Dixon, but I mean, that's a wide receiver sweep. Yeah, was that when Dorper blew him up? It was two guys yeah. got there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, no, Texas is going to be a heavy um, inside zone run team. Um, you mentioned the counter and stuff. When you see counter, counter has been a big staple of the Oklahoma offense the past, you know, six, seven years. And what you're trying to do, you're, you're changing the gaps for the linebackers. And a weak spot in the Texas defense heading into this upcoming year, and it was only compounded this spring with uh, Overshawn being out as well. You got young guys that are in that position. And, and by changing those gaps, I mean, you saw Gabriel Watson, you saw Roshan Johnson, we saw Bijan Robinson. I don't remember the stats right off the top of my head, but I believe Texas – Everybody averaged over about five five yards a carry, so um, I'm not freaking out on Pete Pete Kwiatkowski or anything like that. But um, no, you definitely saw um some inexperience show up um, on more than one occasion in the run game defensively. But offensively, I thought we saw some good things uh, offensively from those guys up front. And and hey, Gabriel Watson ran the ball hard, man. He ran hard. Yeah. Roshan looks a little bit quicker. Of course, Bijan Robinson is Bijan Robinson. I, I I didn't understand why he was in the game after the first series. I was good, yeah. so I was <laughs> I was holding my breath every time he touched it. After that, you know, he has a habit of slipping and stuff like that. It just looks bad sometimes, you know. But um, mm-hmm. no, offensively, I thought Texas looked pretty sharp in the run game. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I guess we can go go ahead and get into the position by position breakdown here. Uh, you want to? I mean, we're already getting into the running backs, so let's do the running backs, and then we'll get the quarterbacks. B. John Robinson is B. John Robinson. I don't think anybody is surprised by what they saw there. Roshan Johnson was good, as you talked about. I mean, he slimmed down a little bit and got quicker. So, he looked good, good to see there. He looked good. And I'm no I'm no huge Roshan fan, but I thought he looked pretty good, man. Is that the one-two punch that you're looking for as a football coach? You know, usually when you think one-two punch, you're thinking of thunder and lightning, right? Where you're mm-hmm. thinking of a guy like Reggie Bush and another one like Lendell White, a change of pace back. Is that a change of pace back? What do you think? That's the dream. That's the dream. I don't think you really have your home run hitter with that duo. Um, Mm -hmm. Bijan's a big play guy, obviously. I'm actually interested to see right now, um, as far as the spring roster went, Texas doesn't have that home run hitter at running back. I'm really interested to see, even though he was not considered a home run hitter coming out, I'm interested to see what Jonathan Brooks looked like. Does does he have a little bit more quickness, a little more um, spring in his legs than some of those older guys do? But no, I don't. Nah, with with, with Bijan and and 
and Roshan, you're getting kind of thunder and thunder there, you know. Right. Um, and Bijan's got a little, he's got a little lightning in him, but he's not, he's not a home run threat. But the good thing about both of those guys, Will, is again, they're both good run block. I mean, good blockers in pass protection or good, um, good pass receivers. You're pretty. You don't have to. You're not. You're not tipping anything when who's in the game. I'll go ahead and disagree with you. Bijan Robinson needs to improve his pass protection a bit. Roshan Johnson's great in pass protection. Bijan Robinson. Maybe it was just in this game, but I, you've seen it last season. He can improve. That's one part of his game that he can improve is that pass protection. Yeah, but, I mean, if Bijan Robinson's in the game, his job is he's taking the play fake or, I mean, I don't – the last thing he should be getting asked to do is block. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not – forgive me if I'm not going to be chirping too much on him not being a <laughs> no Curtis Martin back there in pass protection as far as running backs go. But, no, I, I see what you're saying. Let's go ahead and get into the bigger discussion here, the quarterback battle. It's one thing that everybody was talking about, and it's going to be the thing that everybody's talking about throughout the rest of the summer because I don't think anybody really put themselves ahead of the other in this. I think Casey Thompson, the coaches gave Casey Thompson every single chance, I mean 43 chances, to put himself ahead in this race, and I don't know – both the quarterbacks were pretty inconsistent in this game. I think some of it had to do with the quarterback and wide receiver consi- chemistry. Some of it had to do with the new offense. Some of it had to do with inconsistent blocking in the past game. I mean, there were eight sacks, could have been nine or ten. Uh, some of it had to do with the wide receiver's drops, and some of it had to just do with their own personal weaknesses. Darius, I know your thoughts on this. You think Casey Thompson is the answer, correct? Yeah, nothing. there's nothing happened Saturday to change that. Why no. is that? Why? What? About Saturday convinced you. I mean, obviously, it has, it has nothing to do with Saturday. It has to do with one his performance in the in the bowl game against Colorado, real live bullets again. His performance in the practices leading up to the spring game. I mean, again, yeah, what we all saw was the spring game Saturday. All right, what we didn't see was the fourteen other practices <laughs> during the week. My thing is, and it's it's real simple. Like, I mean. If you wanted to go in, um, if you're going in rooting for anybody in particular, you know, you're waiting for one thing, you're going to harp on that one thing the entire time. Um, with Casey Thompson, what you're going to hear folks talk about is, oh, he threw a pick six. All right, great. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was Deshaun Jameson that picked that off. I'm pretty sure Deshaun Jameson has been the biggest play threat in the Texas secondary since he stepped foot on campus. Deshaun Jameson is a NFL player. All right. Casey Thompson made a mistake. Great. All right. So what? All right, if, if Josh Moore catches that pass on the opening uh, drive, that was, what, 45 uh, yards through the arrow on the money, I think we're having a different conversation. Um, as far as Hudson Card goes, and then that's Deshaun Jameson, right? So Deshaun Jameson is a starter, right? He's been a starter for multiple years. So Casey Thompson going up against the first defense. That, but Hudson Card, um, the play that's going to get talked about 24-7 nonstop, I've been saying it on social media, is a red zone slant, okay? It's Texas in a two-by-two formation. All right, they've run that corner slant combo 20 times per day in practice for the last three weeks. When Hudson Carr lines up in the red zone at the, what, five-yard line and sees the corner and safety with their heels flat at the goal line, it's man-to-man. So he knows prior to the snap, anybody that's played football, anybody that's played receiver, quarterback, whatever, in the last 15, 20 years, all right, you know that that slant is protected. It's a corner route. It's getting cleared out. So when early enrollee, third string cornerback Jameer Johnson is the corner on the play. Who had a great game, by the way. Who, sure. But on the particular play, he has his back turned. Okay. He's trying to wall Marcus Robin, uh, Marcus Washington. 
So what Marcus Washington does, instead of trying to cut his face because he's being walled off, he goes over the top. And because he goes over the top and the inside safety has been cleared out due to the corner route, Hudson Carr knows this pass is protected. There's no way it's going to be intercepted. The defender's back to me and the other guy's being cleared out. I'm either missing, okay, deep in the back of the end zone, or it's going to be on the money, or Marcus Washington's going to drop it. That's why the ball's out of his hand before anything's been cleared out. They've run the thing 50 times in practice for the last two weeks. But again, if you wanted something to harp on, if you wanted to uh, have an orgasm over a Hudson Card, then that's what you'll harp on. But if you understand football, have played football the last 20 years, you understand what really goes on, what goes on in the practice every day, every week, and how it works, you understand that was a normal throw you would expect from any starting quarterback. I mean, but why would you say that that's not a <clears throat> It was a good throw. It's a throw I would expect from any starting quarterback in the Big 12 Conference. Great. It was. There was nothing amazing or a good job. That's what I would expect from you. If you're competing for a job, you have to make that throw. Let's take it from a different angle here. Let's go ahead and take just break down their games and what we saw from the two and what, you know, kind of we should expect. What am I, from- what am I breaking down? Like, I mean, you mean when I go play by play, I don't have the stats or anything. In no, front no, no, of me, no. Right? The type of quarterback that we saw on the field in Hudson Card and Casey Thompson. Just on statistics alone, if Josh Moore hangs on to the pass, you got Casey Thompson with over, what, 200 yards passing, an additional, what, 60, 70 rushing, all right? How many cars, How many yards did Hudson Card lose in the spring on game? Sacks? Had they been counted? Yes. Or him just bailing on the pocket when, it, when there was no reason to bail. He's a, red, he's a red shirt freshman. He needs time to develop. I understand folks being excited and things like that, but he didn't do anything anything to make me go oh yeah that's the guy that needs to be the starting quarterback he's give him time give him and there time. was neither quarterback did that to, for me honestly casey thompson has done it with live bullets on the actual stage here's the thing about hudson card and casey thompson if i'm making the call today here's my thoughts casey thompson yes i agree with you he's your best bet to win today right now Hudson Card is your best bet for sustained winning down the line. Based on what? Based on <laughs> arm talent? Based on his That's athleticism? crap. That's crap. That's not crap. Arm talent. Hudson Card, Hudson Card skipped four or five passes in the spring game. He skipped them. He short-armed them. Casey Thompson didn't short-arm a single ball. Yes. What's, what is arm talent? It's subjective. It's subjective. There's, Hudson Card has not done anything to be able to say that he provides Texas with, with a higher upside moving forward. That's, that's, that, that can't, that's not based on if, anything. If we want to get into <laughs> what ifs with Casey Thompson, you know, what if Josh Moore brought in that pass? What if, uh, you know, what if uh, Schooler, the ball didn't sail through his hands when Casey Thompson threw it down the field? I mean, that's two picks. The thing about Casey Thompson that, that I'm worried about, and I don't know if I should be, is uh, his balls float. When he throws the ball, they float. And that's, I mean, that's the difference between Hudson Card and Casey Thompson. Hudson Card's balls have zip on them. Casey Thompson uses it to his advantage because his placement on the balls is just, is, is wonderful. I love how, he, how he's able to drop it into a ba- basket. The most overrated attribute for a quarterback is their arm strength. The last thing I'm going to ever check for is a quarterback's arm strength. Yeah, but when you have to zip it over the middle. You don't want that thing floating. If you can anticipate, okay, if I got a guy that can anticipate it, I don't got to have a guy that can zip it over the middle. So usually those guys that are zipping it, those guys have been zipping it their whole life. And then when they get to a higher level, they'll start becoming turnovers because they're used to being able to zip it their whole life and they can't adjust. The reason that there was the pick six is because the ball floated. 
No, it was a late throw. It was a bad decision. And again, it's a it's a look that they've seen. They've run those same formations. They've run those same plays all spring. Deshaun Jameson jumped it. He made a play. That's it happens. Did Casey Thompson go into a shell afterwards? Did he stop throwing the ball down the field afterwards? Hell no. No, but he was one in five in the red zone. And the coaches gave him three chances late in the halves. The coaches didn't give him anything. He earned that he's been the starting quarterback the entire time. It's what he's done in practice every day. They didn't give him anything. Here here are the stats for how he did in chances late in the halves. Put the game, you know, in this game, so important to at least tie the game or put points on the board. He went five for six, 61 yards, a 16 at 23 yard dimes. They were great, but he also had a sack and a pick six. Then at the same time with all statistics and I'm going to let you go ahead and finish running through all of them. At the same time, he was getting wide receivers swapped in and out. He was not going with the first team offense the entire time. It's the same thing for each guy. It's the same thing. One had the first team offensive line and the other one didn't. And the defensive line for the second team is heads and shoulders above the second team for the offensive line. You can't say that that's not true. They were wrote, give me the guy that's done it in live bullets. The second time he was in the red zone, he was one for three, eight yards and a sack. Third time, one for three, 13 yards, an eight yard run, and they were done. All but two of his passes amongst those, the 16 of 23 yards were checked down passes. So, I mean, so, and again, so without having any of all the information available, okay, what's the play call? Where should have been read here? What's going on here? Who missed a block on this play? Who did what? Who did what? It, it's just, it's all subjective. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is also that first team off the line was sometimes going up against the walk ons and strings. I think Hudson Card played well in this game. Yes, he had a few, he had, he skipped the ball sometimes, but I just, I think you would have gotten a better picture if you had seen both. Both these guys with the first team. I don't think we're ever we were ever going to, but I think the problem with Hudson Card is he's a freshman. He makes freshman mistakes. He got happy feet in the pocket, which almost led to an interception in the red zone. He short hopped three balls, which can happen when you have the over the head throwing motion that he has, and when you really get over the top of the ball, that needs to get fixed. But he's a pocket passer. He's a guy who. Yeah, he has the ability to escape the pocket. He has some great athleticism, but he's a guy who is much better in the pocket. When he was outside the pocket, he displayed some great, you know, great ability to zip the ball. The guys like Kai Money, especially the one where the guy Money caught the one on his head, you know, on the touchdown throw. Again, we've gone over it. And also, if you want to talk about arm talent, look at the plays where from the opposite hash, he's throwing an out route on a dime to his third and fourth string wide receivers making them look good on, again, out routes to the other side of the field. Talk about arm talent. Casey Thompson, on the other hand, you know, first series showed what he can be. He's a veteran. He knows where to put passes for his wide receivers, especially on screen routes where he's able to lead guys. He'll make his money when he's outside the pocket, throwing deep crosses, intermediate routes, or checkdowns. I think that's what you're getting out of these two guys. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, he has great touch on the ball. He does. I think, again, I'm going to put it this way. You want to win now, Casey Thompson. You want a guy who has a higher ceiling, can lead you down the line? Hudson Card. Hudson Card probably needs some time to wait. Casey Thompson's probably the better quarterback right now. But, again, I know Casey Thompson didn't wowing me during that game. You'd, you'd hope that the guy who is your first string quarterback is going to wow you over the second string 
Yeah, again, I'm, I'm just not going to be a guy that puts, you know, everything into a spring game. I'm not. And I know there are 14 practices that go into it prior. Like, the order was there for a reason. I'll just leave it at that. I still think that this quarterback battle is a little closer than you do. I mean, I know you think it's it's done, but I, I, I don't know. I think that Hudson Card has some great tools. And, you know, I think Casey Thompson has that veteran talent. You know who wins out the end. Um, like everything for Casey Thompson is being is being qualified as just just being older or having more experience or a veteran, and I just we'll just agree to disagree on it. It's fine. Spring game again didn't really learn much from it from the quarterback standpoint. Nothing no. that we didn't already know. I also wish they were able to run the ball. I mean, running the ball for both these guys is very important to their arsenal of threats. So. It was kind of like tying a hand behind their back to not have them be a threat to run against this defense. Let's get into the wide receivers, though, here. Don't know if you agree with me here, but I'm a bit worried that they don't have a game breaker here. You know, perhaps Jake Smith or when Troy or Marier get better, perhaps you'll see it be more consistent. Perhaps Jordan Whittington, if he stays healthy, is able to show some more elusiveness than, you know, that you heard about in camp. But I don't know if you have a true game breaker here and that's where a guy like Xavier Worthy hopefully comes in. But, you know, you saw what we were talking about in the last podcast where wide receiver is sort of a worry when it comes to this team. Uh, I'm not sure who your guy is that's like your true, like, number one guy. And you saw Josh Moore, who seems supposed to be your best wide receiver. Yeah, he, I mean, he can make some of those plays. Obviously, there's the high-profile drop at the very beginning of the game. But he's not a guy who's going to, you know, I mean, he's talented and I know he's a good wide receiver. I don't think he is an elite wide receiver. He's a reliable wide receiver. He's going to be a guy who can get himself open. He can make some big plays and he might be a guy you can go to again and again and again. But I don't know. I haven't seen that from Josh Moore. And there's been inconsistency as you amongst all these wide receivers, not just Josh Moore, but amongst all these wide receivers when it comes to holding onto the ball, wide, you know, running routes, just just general things you need to do as a wide receiver. Josh Moore averaged nearly 16 yards a catch and had nine touchdowns last year. He had a touchdown every third catch last year. <laughs> Josh Moore is a pretty talented player, man. Yeah, he dropped a pass. I mean, he played wide receiver long enough, dog. He's going to drop some passes. Um I like Josh Moore. I'm confident in Josh Moore. I liked what I saw from Troy Amiri. Amiri? Amiri? Amiri. I've been saying that wrong. Troy Amiri. I was watching him. Uh, I watched him. Obviously, the ball didn't go his way every time. I just wanted to see how he got in and out of breaks and stuff. And I thought he looked pretty quick, man. He looked good to be so big. Um, it's weird. You know, it seemed like Texas had nothing but big receivers the last few years. And now it was like he was like the only one. Yeah. You know, with any type of size. But um no, I, I like what they got in Josh Moore. Don't get me yeah, don't get me wrong. Josh Moore, I think he's good. I don't think he's elite he's an elite guy. I don't think he is what a is guy elite? who's gonna be a game breaker. What's elite? First round draft pick? What are we talking about? What's elite? I don't think he's a second round draft pick. No, I mean it's not that many of them. It's three, it's three, I don't think he's a third round. Year. Josh Moore is a good player. I like Josh Moore. Josh Moore can be an NFL wide receiver. I think he can be the leading receiver next year. Going to Troy Amire, I agree, man. You know, you didn't see much of him, but he's big and he's fluid. You know, he may not be the fastest guy out there, but his fluidity in his routes and displayed some ability to find the soft spots in zones. You know, it wasn't always thrown to when he found it, but 
he has those strong and quick hands that you saw from last fall camp, you know, that got everybody so excited, he would put those on display for his one catch. I mean, those that catch, his hands, it was like freaking vipers, man, going after that ball. Yeah, he looks the part. He looks the part. Um, Marcus Washington, um, you no, know, kind of looks like he's always looked. He's um, he's an inside outside guy. He just needs to be more consistent. Yeah, just consistency is to deal with him. I think he's okay. Same thing with Vontae Water. He's a solid guy. Um, no, Texas doesn't have. I just just over the last ten years, who who has been the game breaking wide receiver for Texas? I mean, it's not. They, they haven't Johnson, just had a bunch Devin of them. Colin Johnson wasn't a game breaker. Devin DuVernay and those within, within Jordan, the same, they're here at the same time. A year of Lil Jordan Humphrey, that's a game-breaking guy. That's what I'm saying. That's another bubble guy. So, I mean, they haven't just – I think that's getting blown a little bit out of proportion Um, just because – I don't know, but I definitely see a window there. So, you got Josh Moore. You got a Mary. You got um Whittington in the slot, who I thought had a good spring game, looked good. Oh, yeah. Whittington had, I think, besides Kai Money – showed to be the most consistent wide receiver on this team. And yeah. he was, you know, you've been hearing about it all spring camp that he's been doing very well. Yeah. You, you didn't see the elusiveness that you were hoping for. I don't think he's, I don't think he's that elusive. I don't, I don't think he's that elusive. I mean, even coming out of Quero, I mean, he's a, he was a folks didn't want to tackle him. You know what I'm saying? He's so rocked up. He's lost some weight too. He's not as big as he was. Yeah. But he was very consistent. He was able to find the spots. He was running great routes. I think he did very well. And, on that note, Kai Money, uh, I mean, talk about a reliable guy. That guy just catches balls. But no, I mean, so right there, though, that's four, that's four, five solid guys. You know, you bring Jaden Alexis, um, got some run out there. Um, couldn't bring any in. He's a good looking freshman. Got some promise to him. Um, the one I'm most excited about is the one they just got, though, the guy who's coming in, um, that was signed with Michigan, Xavier Worthy. Um, that's a ten five. I didn't realize when I was doing a write up on him. That's a ten five verified hundred meter His time. Junior year. That was, that was sophomore. Sophomore. That was time. sophomore year. I that was, was sophomore time. They didn't get to run last spring. So what I'm saying. And then he hasn't run to this point this year. Yeah. And um, I was saying I saw something today. His trainer was saying, you know, he thinks you know, um, Worthy's been running ten two, ten three in practice. If he ever got to compete, he think he will put down a crazy time. But um, he will provide pretty much what Texas fans remember when we talked about Evan Stewart. Um, when he committed and how excited everybody was. Well, this is this is the same kind of guy. Same kind of guy, same size, same ranking, same rating, uh, same type of speed. If you look at Evan Stewart's um track long jumps, um, four hundred time, two hundred time, one hundred time, this guy's they're almost spitting images of one of one another. People are talking about Devontae Smith. That's a Heisman trophy winner at wide receiver. I'm never gonna go that far for anybody, but I think Texas is getting Christmas a little early with Worthy. I think he will provide a lot of stuff you were hoping to get from Stewart two years from now. Right. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not freaking out about the wide receivers, man. Let's just hope he doesn't brew McCoy. <laughs> no, I doubt. I, I doubt it. we'll see. Something I just think like it's that, funny. Man. It's another crazy, crazy recruitment that ends up in Texas's favor. He played some last year, didn't he? He did. He did. He's doing okay. well at USC. What made uh, him? Whatever made him a five-star wide receiver? I always, I honestly did ask myself that coming out. He was six-two, about two ten. What? What about? What about him? Made him a five-star. So he was raw. He wasn't. He wasn't five. He might have been a low, a low five-star, high four-star. I don't think he was ready to start, but he was a. He had some great tools when it came to being a wide receiver. But I, I, I guess I agree. I, you know, I'm not. I'm a. I'm a bit worried about wide receiver, 
Not so much more now with, you know, Xavier Worthy and potentially some guys like Troy Marier and Jake Smith getting better, as I said. But still, I think it's probably your weakest or second weakest position on the offense. And I don't think that game did anything to dissuade me from that. Let's go to the probably, probably maybe the first or second best group that Texas has on this team. Probably second uh, on the offense, the tight ends. Based on what? The the tight ends? I'm sorry, on the offense? Based on what? Who is better? Who's what's a better what's what is so a better amazing group? about the tight end group? I mean Josh I mean Josh. Jared Wiley's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Okay, Brewer's not he's okay. We haven't we don't know what Juan Davis is yet. We don't know what Gunner Helm is yet. You know what I'm saying? Jatavian like, Sanders. We haven't seen him in college yet. That's not I can't say that's the second strongest strongest unit on the team. No, heck no. Tight not end. The team, I'm talking the offense. Oh the offense, nah. Who's no, strong? I got more confidence in no, no. You have more no. confidence in the offensive line? Yes. Okay. To this point, yes. They've done it. Carrich has done it. Ungalau's done it. Majors has done it. What's my other guy? Okafor looks good at guard. He's at his natural position. No, we haven't seen anything from the tight end group yet. I really like the tight end group here. You're jumping the gun. I understand what you're saying potentially, but not right now. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I do like what Texas has at the tight end group. Now, Jared Wiley, I think, didn't have a great spring game. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're overreacting about a spring game, but I mean, his blocking left something to be desired. I mean, it was bad, honestly. He got blown up a lot. He's trying to finesse his blocks, and he just basically has, what, six, seven. To something. It doesn't matter. If you're an offensive coach and your plan is for the tight end to be solo base in the defensive end, that's that's bad scheming. I don't care what anybody says. That's bad it's offensive not, coaching. It was Ray Thornton and Jaron Thompson. He would get beat constantly by those guys. Like I said, I'm not worried about blocking and tight ends. It's it's it's, it's overrated. I mean, when it comes to running blocking. Kyle Pitts didn't block nobody. But I mean, they're using these guys in the run blocking. They're using these guys to supplement pass blocking because the pass blocking in that game wasn't great. You have to because that's how your your play action plays off of it. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. got to. But you're not those guys. You're not expecting those guys to whip anybody's ass every play, right? I guess. But you'd still like to see a guy who has 55 pounds on a safety beat him. If it was that easy, man, you would see it happening all the time. Them tight ends are hard. It's hard to find two way guys. It's not hard. That's, it's damn near impossible. Five, two, that's guys. true. No, I get that. I get that. But I, I think I wish you could combine Cade Brewer and Jared White because Cade Brewer is the best blocking tight end on the team. Cade Brewer is also 24 years old and older than everybody. You got to take that. that into account, too. Who cares? He's the best. Blocking it matters. Tight end what team. you mean? Who cares? He's 25 years old. He's going to his kids. You better be. You better be him and up, little brother. Yeah. Great. <laughs> he better not he be has, split out wild this the, year. I mean, I I mean I don't know I I, I don't know they, they didn't get to see him oh I guess he, you did get to see be, him catch he balls. better not be detached from the line of scrimmage at any point I, and I know he has the ire of the Longhorn fan base but I mean his pass blocking showed that if the offensive line does not improve that he'll likely Man. be a necessity well, look, out take there. the eight off his jersey and put a seven on it and then let's go from there what number is he eighty eighty yeah let's put a seventy out there he'd be good to go. You have Jared Wiley out there, and I was hoping to see somebody who was a little bit more of an all-around tight end out there, but I guess that's not what you're going to see. 
he's good in the pass game. He's not. He wasn't great. Jerry Wiley going to be a true sophomore? I mean, technically, yes. Or is this his second year in the program? This will be his third year. If it's Quinn Johnston's second, it'll be his third. Yeah, third. I mean, I think, yeah, obviously, Jared Wiley's your number one. I'm not saying Cade Brewer should be your number one guy. I'm saying Jared Wiley's your number one. If he is asked to block like he was in that spring game, you better hope he gets better. But Cade Brewer showed he was a better blocker in that game. I think that's important. You know, you have Juan Davis out there who, I mean, wow. That guy has a little bit of a little Jordan Humphrey in him. That shake he showed for his for his size was impressive. Yeah, I wonder if he's he should be a tight end. That's what I was thinking. I, I wonder if you end up putting him in a little Jordan Humphrey role, where you kind of split him out as a oversized slot. That's what I would do and see where his body takes him. Does but. he? Does he? I mean, you've tried to do that with multiple guys over the course of the past. You know, Tom Herman tried to do that with a few other guys. Does he have sort of the the speed? To do it? Does he well, have Davis the ability to do it? Davis was the quarterback at Everman, which meant they wanted the ball in his hand on every play. They called zone reads every other play. He's got he's got foot skills. He's got some skills. Okay. Well, then I hope he can turn into a little Jordan Humphrey. It's not a it's not a Malcolm Epps situation. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. He's an exciting player. He's exciting. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Gunnar Helm out there who, you know, you heard good things about him throughout the practice, throughout the spring practices. And, and for a freshman, man – he showed he, you know, you're talking about it's hard to find a two-way tight end. He showed to be a reliable blocker and a reliable route runner and pass catcher. That that guy kind of, you know, I don't think he's starter ready, but for the second team, going against the second team and even third team, I think he did phenomenal. I was impressed. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I noticed was, um, I mean, his listed size. He was listed at 6'5", 6'6", or whatever coming out. Obviously, we never seen him with him being from Colorado. But um, they didn't embellish his size at all. He's legitimate, 6'5", 6'6", 240-something pounds. He looks good. Um, another young guy to get excited about. You know, great job. Kudos to uh, to the last staff finding, identifying, and securing the commitments from those two. They look like guys that belong, for sure. Yeah, so Darius, the question for tight end, though, is uh, how do you use the tight end? Who do you use at tight end? You're going to have Jatavian Sanders coming in uh, as a tight end to start, according to Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have Jared Wiley, Cade Brewer, Juan Davis, and Gunnar Helm. All of those mm-hmm. guys are pretty capable from what you know, from what we've heard, from what we've seen in that one game. Jatavian Sanders, again, projecting from what he was, a five-star guy who was incredibly talented, is going to be added to that room. How do you manage this? Who are you using and, and where do the snaps go? Uh, it's real. I don't think it's too difficult. Um, you'll keep your, you know, your base set. You'll have Wiley. Um, you'll have Brewer as your main two guys. Um, I think Juan Davis and Helm, as nice as it was to see him, um, really, uh, I, I think you find some snaps for him when I'm being an out-of-state guy, just a couple, you know, keep him engaged. But I think you can redshirt Juan Davis. He's not a necessity for this upcoming season. With Sanders, he's a guy I, I would have a package for him. Um, you usually see him come in, you know, obvious, you know, third down situations. I can have him out there with Wiley. I also would split him out wide in the red zone. Like I said, it's been clear. Texas needs a red zone option out wide. Just Haven Sanders fits the bill. Perfect um, fade mm-hmm. threat. Um, I would just have a package for him on offense. And um, same thing defensively on maybe two or three series per game. I would throw him out there for two or three plays. Um, so 10 snaps on defense, looking at roughly 
a dozen snaps on offense per game. I think that's what we're looking for with Sanders um, in his freshman year. Okay. I mean, I agree with that. I think you probably should stick around with the guys who are veterans who've been in the program for a while. I'm interested to see what Jachavian Sanders does. I think we've talked about this a little bit. I think he would be better used on the defensive side of the ball right now because of how much depth you have at the tight end. But you got to put the guy where he wants to go and where he's going to be engaged and want to play. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think that tight end position is in a really good spot. Uh, even though, you know, I had my one criticism of Jared Wiley. Like that tight end position is is really good where Texas is. They're in a good spot. The potential is there for it to be uh, as good a group as it is, you know, around. Right. So off of the line here, Darius, one thing I noticed about the offensive line was there was a lot of movement up front. There, they used pulling guards on passing plays. There was a lot of slide steps. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of different types of steps. They used basically every step in the, in the offensive line book. And then in between, uh, there were a lot of different polls, a lot of different techniques, schemes, whatever, what have you using the, both the pass and the run game gave them a lot. I mean, it, they showed a lot and not a lot at the same time. Does that make sense? But I think one thing that we can come away from is, and kind of bring it home when it comes to these steps, the run game, the run blocking was phenomenal. They did a very good job in run block. Give this offensive line a drive or a lead step and they're good. But the pass blocking left something to be desired. Make them do a slide or a drop step and there may be some problems. Um, I just, you know, you have to take into consideration again, those guys on defense have been hearing the same calls, you know, the line calls, stuff like that. I'm I'm telling you, some of those guys knew when there was going to be play action. They knew it's hard. So you got to be careful with that. And also the offensive line is probably the last group to really get it together when it comes to getting a new offense, right? It's it's hard to get five guys on the same page, no much question. less, you know, ten. No question. I, I, I'll say this. I, I thought that was as solid as the line has looked this early, at least from a spring game standpoint. Um, as far as having bodies with two groups, I thought that was as solid as they've looked since I can remember. And that's not saying a whole lot. But um, no, definitely the changing of of, of where things hit. I'm um, seeing some pin and pulls, seeing guys take the correct steps, correct hat placement. Um, even on the Bijan clip we were talking about last week, um, that Jadon Blue posted. Um, you you see a lot of positive things from the offensive line. So I don't, I've got confidence in Kyle Flood as a teacher. Um, as far as who the individual names are up front, up front. I mean, he kept it the same. It was Christian Jones. It was Okafor. It was uh, Majors. Ungalau and, and, and carriage. Um, so, I mean, regardless of my opinion, regardless of, of the, who the guys are up front, I think you'll see similar type of production just based on how flood wants to do things. And I think he'll have a, he'll have his group of about seven that he's, that he's comfortable with as we go through yeah. the season. I, I think so. Yeah. There were a few things that kind of had me worried when I watched the game film back, Jake majors and Andres carriage. Both of those guys were great at times. You know, both of them are very athletic. Both of them know what they're doing, and they're very good technically. I think both of them being, what, super freshmen is what I'll call them. They both lack upper body strength. Yeah. Karich consistently got beat off the ball. Uh, oh, beat off the ball. They, he kind of got blown off the ball by Jacoby Jones. And Jake Majors, you know, I'm interested in seeing him go up against a different nose tackle, right? A guy who probably doesn't know the calls from the offensive side of the ball. 
Because every time he'd take on a guy like Keandre Coburn, he got beat multiple times, especially in pass production, pass protection. They mainly used him, actually, Jake Majors, to kind of chip and then get to the second level as a linebacker in the run game. And he did he did very well in that. Yeah, they're just zoning. They're zone blocking. Yeah, yeah he, he looks like a natural as far as making sure yeah. um, that guard has that guy secured before he works up. And he's athletic enough to work up to the second level. Yeah, I yeah and they had that. they had guys like Angelau and, and Okafor to take on the defensive line. So kind of let him get to a guy he can bully as a super freshman. Uh, you know, I, I that's the one thing I would worry about with those two guys is their upper, upper body strength looking from that game. And it might just be that our defensive line is really, really good. You know, because I mean, you look at Junior Angelo, right? Either Mora Ojimo is really, really good or Angelo could be a problem because Angelo consistently got destroyed by Ojimo in run in pass blocking. Denzel Okafor, they used him a lot on pulls and sometimes it turned into runs that made him a pseudo right tackle, but... No, he had a rough first series, giving pressures to Jacoby Jones and letting Alfred Collins, who like kind of coming off an injury, but he let him get the better of him. So I, you know, there's things that need to be obviously fine tuned by this offensive line. But am I worried? Kind of, but not really. And you have Kerstetter, you have Isaiah Hookfin, who's talented, but you should be a little bit of raw. And Tope Amade and, and Tyler Johnson actually did look very good on rewatch. You know, you have some depth, and you have the summer. I have faith in Kyle Flood to turn this into a very good offensive line. O-line's in better shape than it's been in a while. In a while. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Let's get to the defense side of the ball here. You know, what were your general thoughts on the defense that PK showed? I have a few, but do you have any? Nah, I thought everything was cool. I was hoping to see um, possibly um, as far as, you know, obvious passing downs in certain situations. I wanted to see if he was able to get Darion done, but I wanted to see if he would move Deshaun Jameson at all as far as being in the nickel. Are playing are playing in a slot. Yeah, I, I want I want my hope. I want to see Deshaun Jameson playing the slot. I think he's the best cover guy on the team. I think he's got the best skill set to handle that. I think if you could get a guy, so I'm not I'm not crazy about B.J. Foster. I'm not crazy about Tyler Owens. Um, the further away from the ball B.J. Foster is, the less comfortable I am. I think Tyler Owens is just not a very instinctual um, football player. He's not a very good football player right now. Um, but with Anthony Cook and, and Chris Adamora, they're kind of in that that tweener area you know like what exactly are they and they're certainly not nickel slot cover guys but I saw Adam Moore miss Adam Moore, Adam Moore missed at least four open field tackles um, in the game Saturday I'm talking about I got shook out of here just just got shook all right Cook did fine but again he's not the guy I want covering in a slot on obvious passing downs so I, I wanted to see if there were any sub packages or anything like that we didn't see that on Saturday doesn't mean it won't happen during during the fall but that's what I was hoping for yeah, I, it was, again, a pretty vanilla game plan for PK. But at the same time, it was a pretty crazy compared to what we came from last year. You saw him stick to the single high guy most of the time. You also saw some of that Terry Joseph influence for the two high at times. But most of the time, it was single high with a guy like Brennan Schooler back there or BJ Foster. A lot of blitzing angles, which allowed guys like Anthony Cook and Jaron Thompson to get those blindside sacks. I thought it was interesting how multiple they are in their usage of the players. I mean, I'm not surprised, but it was interesting to watch. You know, you saw at times anywhere from two to five guys with their hands on the ground. You know, obviously Ray Thornton or you had Jacoby Jones with his hand out of the out of the ground. It allowed you to do some interesting stuff with the linebackers and your blitzes as well. 
end of the day for me, Big 12, they just, we need to hold, just hold folks between 21 and 28. That's all I ask for. And they'll be all right. I don't care how you get there. <laughs> position by position here. Defensive line. They're going to be nasty, right? And they didn't even have Devondre Sweat. Uh, Mora Ojimo, who first off, I like Sam Acho. He, he called him Mojo Jojo, and I love that. That's a great nickname. But Sam Acho also mentioned the broadcast that Ojimo will have a breakout year. And not in the stats book, but it's not going to be in the stats book. He's just going to be a guy who is consistently a threat. And I completely agree with that. I think Mora Ojimo, this is a year where he can break out if he's not behind guys like Devondre Sweat and Keandre Coburn and Alfred Collins. Mojo Jojo reference was the last straw for me. I muted my really? television after that. I could not take it anymore. I, I love that nickname. That's hilarious. I, I thought, I thought, I thought the 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 production team and the broadcast team was pretty. It was interesting what they were doing there. But um, yeah. No, um, uh, Coburn exactly what you're looking for. You go through the history of PK's defense. He's always had that big guy there. Um, when Sweat gets back, great Collins. Um, Jacoby Jones looked a little quick. He looked quicker than I remember him being, you know, during oh, the spring yeah. game. He's lost he some weight. He was slippery, man, constantly in that backfield. Uh, you know, setting the edge in the run game, strong side. I mean, he wasn't quite, you know, where – he isn't quite there when it comes to speed when you need a guy to finish a play. But, I mean, he'll get you pressures, and that's more than what Texas had, you know, besides Joseph Osai. Yeah, I think I think Broden had two sacks. I think Broden had two sacks during the deal, so – no, Texas has um they've got some 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 good looking bodies up front, man. I think they're gonna be fine as far as the defensive line goes. Oh, yeah. We don't really need to get too far into this. I mean, they they are they are set. It's not rocket surgery. Yeah. Outside linebacker though, uh and sort of the defensive end. You have Ray Thornton, Prince Dorba, and again Jacoby Jones. We talked a little bit about Jacoby Jones, but Ray Thornton and Prince Dorba both proved to be, you know, I was a little worried and everybody was a little worried about the end in the outside pressure. For this Texas team, I think Prince Dorba had himself a scrimmage. Uh, he that, guy, that dude uh, again against the second team, but he set the edge when needed. He was a plus defender in the flats and on the screen. Not plus, he was a great defender in the flats and screens, and he was explosive off the line in pass rush. That dude, you know, you thought maybe he was getting left behind, but man, he really showed up in that game. And Ray Thornton. You know, he's good. He's not jaw-dropping, but which makes sense for a, a grad transfer, but he'll provide you that consistent pass-rushing ability and really give you the best option for that spot. He's a huge upgrade from a guy like Jet Bush or Reese Latow, but, and so that makes you, you know, that kind of upgrades what your possibility is at that position. Uh, I'm pretty happy with what you had from that Jack position and even the Will linebacker, the X position. Yeah, uh, Ray Thorne, first things first. I'm like, damn, did he did he take a picture of Joseph Aside from last year and decide I'm going to copy his exact swag when I get to Texas? He's got his number, right. face mask, wristbands. Like, ah, oh, dog. I had to like, caught myself a couple times. I'm like, that looks like Joseph Osai. But, um, I mean, I, Ray Thorne's going to be a solid player. Um, He's not – Texas is not – they're going to they're need – those guys, you know, um, Sweat, Coburn – Ojomo, Collins, those guys are going to have to provide the rush this year. Um, it's going to have to be a, a group effort instead of, you know, relying on one guy um, to do it. But um, Thornton's going to be solid. I'm really interested to see what a guy like Ovi Agufo can bring to mm-hmm. the, um, you know, as far as from a rush standpoint, what he looks like. But, um, but yeah, yeah, Texas is going to be solid there. Um, 
still some question marks though. I don't if they went to add another body or even another two bodies um over the summer, I would not I wouldn't be upset about it. Um right. but um yeah, there's still answers being looked for there, being searched for there. But um Prince Dorbra was a guy that I like you said, I hadn't seen him play football in, in over a year. Um definitely was, you know, starting to get a little bit concerned, but he had himself a ball game. We'll see if it translates to um translates to the fall and him getting some PT. Um, right. Have we talked about the linebackers yet? Or are we getting to no, them? No, I was just about to get into it. Uh, you got these guys: David Benda, Jalen Ford, Marcus Tillman, Luke Brockmeyer, in there. Uh, all of those guys. I guess Jalen Ford. He was a little. Jalen Ford was a little silent in this scrimmage and kind of got lost in a few plays. But David Benda is, is fast and furious. That dude plays at a hundred percent, and he might not be the biggest linebacker. He's still pretty big, but. And gets lost in traffic sometimes, but he he'll get to the ball. He'll get to the ball. Uh, you saw him around the ball quite a bit. Marcus Tillman, uh, you know, he was third team, but I bring him up because I'm a fan from what I saw in that game. Uh, if he can get really? that knee right, I think he might have the best head on his shoulders when it comes to that linebacker room in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides, maybe I thought Tillman was bad. Really. He just he looked he looked like I wondered if he had an injury or was coming off an injury or something. He looked like he, I mean, was, he is. He is coming off an injury with that that knee. Okay, well, I thought he moved around a little, little tenderly, a little gingerly at times on, on yeah. during the scrimmage. Then Luke Brockmeyer, he's had a good spring. I'm not gonna say like he should be the starter, but he should have been buried in the depth chart under Tom Herman. You know, I, well, he should have got his brothers to commit to Texas. Then that's his fault. <laughs> He isn't amazing, but he always, you know, he always sounded like a scrub under Tom Herman. And the way that this guy has kind of turned around under a new staff is is good. I mean, you look at him and Jet Bush, and the one thing you do have to give credit to Tom Herman for is that walk-on program with Kai Money and Jet Bush and Luke Brockermeyer. I don't I know, think, man. Is that a positive or is that a little bit of a red flag? Texas shouldn't have to do that stuff, man. North, North Texas, yeah, where I was transferred to, taking walk-ons, getting. I get that. Texas shouldn't have that many guys walk-ons having to having to actually like play. No, but I mean, if you're gonna get guys who you know could have committed to Rice or could have committed to Texas State or whatever, and they come to Texas, you might find some diamonds in the rough, some places, and or some guys who are better than than their star rating. You want you want a good walk-on program anywhere you are. Sure. And Tom Herman built up a good walk-on program. That, that's something you can't take away from him. Sure. I, I think that's what you get from this linebacker. I, you know, you you probably want another guy from that dime, which is where Devin Richardson. Yeah, Richardson. Richardson. I like Richardson. If y'all haven't, or it'll come out on the site at some point, his commitment analysis. Richardson has a video up on YouTube, uh, his highlight tape that he just posted. This is April. He posted this in early March. Um, there's video up there of him against Washington State in 2019, as well as Alabama in 2018 when he was a true freshman. Um, Richardson was only in the portal for about a month. Okay. And Washington State was one of his offers in the portal. He had Washington State, Louisiana Monroe, Texas State. All right. Some small schools, right? He played against Washington State. They remembered him. They offered him a scholarship. I think Texas with Richardson, I know a lot of folks are, are crapping on taking this commitment or whatever. All oh, three, three years of a guy that's not going to play. Richardson was a freshman All-American, okay, in 2019. New Mexico State didn't play last season. They just started playing this spring. He played in one game this spring in February. They played against Tarleton State. He had eight solo tackles. All right, he's six foot three, 230 pounds. 
Watch the YouTube video. Look up Devin Richardson on YouTube. You'll see him dropping in coverage against Washington State. You'll see him um, um, cutting the face of, of pulling guards against Alabama as a true freshman making tackles. He can play. I'm excited about that pickup. I, at the very least, you look at him as a JUCO. The very least. Well, no. I mean, this thing, New Mexico State is better than a JUCO, and he's got three years to play. That's why I'm saying at the very least you look at him like that. At the most, you see him as, as a good D1 player. This was a steal. I have folk, folks were talking some noise the other day, New Mexico State. Texas also offered that defensive tackle from Illinois State. Remember? All right, Ridgeway. Well, Ridgeway committed to Arkansas yesterday. Prior to that Texas offer, he didn't have anything. Texas offered, and 12 hours later, he's got 13 offers. This time, instead of offering that kid and letting them take his time, they got the commitment first and locked it up. I think they learned a lesson there. I think Richardson's going to play for Texas this fall. Devin Richardson. Yeah. Remember the name. Yeah, either him or David Benda. Uh, one of those two guys is going to take that dime spot. Or Jalen Ford. If he can, you know, he'll probably have a better – He'll he probably just had a bad game. The cornerback position. That room is stacked as well. I mean, you saw the defensive and you know defensive line and the quarterback position are probably two of the strongest positions on this team. Deshaun Jameson obviously is an NFL player. We've talked about that. Josh Thompson is just keeps on getting better and better and better. Darian Dunn, I mean that guy is good. That guy's good. Keaton Crawford with an interception. John A. Barron even played a little better. And Jameer Johnson out of nowhere. It's five good corners. Jameer Johnson. I mean, I don't know. Did you see Kai Money take that hit when he threw that ball? That was Jameer Johnson delivering a chest up destruction of Kai Money. He probably would have got ejected in a real game. Yeah, but I mean Jameer Johnson played well, uh, not just in tackling, but in coverage as well. They got they got good at corner. And Jameer Johnson, I'll be honest, I think I even said on this podcast I wasn't a huge fan of him mm-hmm. from what I saw in his high school. I was wrong. I was I was that's I'm my bad. That was a bad evil on my my part. Him and Troy Marier are two guys who I've completely missed on. Amir, Amire. The one position that we had a question marks coming into this game was that safety position, right? We talked about, we've already talked about Chris Adamore and Anthony Cook. Where do they fit in? But BJ Foster was supposed to be your starter. He didn't even start in that game. It was Brennan Schooler and Jaron Thompson. And I wonder if BJ Foster is your starter and then they're trying to figure out between those two guys who starts or if that's the, that's the thing. I mean, Brennan Schooler, he's promising, but he overplays his responsibilities. I mean, you saw on. B. John Robinson on the play that Jadon Blue posted on Twitter and on the B. John Robinson touchdown here, you can see Deshaun Jameson giving him a clap, clap, clap talking to as Jameson had the outside responsibility and Schooler had the inside, but Schooler just overran B. John Robinson and took took Jameson out, basically, of the play, which gave B. John Robinson the ability to cut in. Now, obviously, he's B. John Robinson, uh, but, you know, He's done that a few different times, especially on the run plays. Now, he does also come up from the safety and deliver a hit in the run game, uh, as you saw later in, on the, in that game against a guy like Gabriel Watson. He's impressive. He has potential. I'm interested to see if he can take the 100% he plays at basically on every single play and put it in the right direction, sort of like Gary Johnson. Yeah, I mean, the thing is safety is, I mean, regardless of who they run out there first, um, I think it's pretty safe to assume they're going to end up using um, – all three of those guys and probably another one or two just on just based on the nature of the position. I, I, I was kind of I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm down on B.J. Foster a little bit. I was hoping, you know, maybe he's just been injured the last couple of years. Um, but I was seeing the same stuff yesterday. I mean, Saturday, um, there were a couple of times where the guys on the way down to the ground. Here comes Foster coming in, you know, late with a shoulder, just completely whiffing, just 
it's the same stuff. I don't know what's happened to him, but um, he should he should play spur where he's closer up to the line. I mean, that's what I would think, but you right. know, they they had him back there at safety. Um, I just you know, it's it's. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not confident with the safeties. Jaron Thompson's an instinctual guy. You know, he's he's a good player. He's going to be in the right spot more often than not. Um, but yeah, Texas has some. questions He also let there. guys get behind him, like on that Josh Moore touchdown drop. Yeah, no, he's Texas has questions at safety, and I didn't. I didn't see anything in the spring game to alleviate that. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked about Tyler Owens already, so um, yeah. Um, JD Coffee was out there. You know, I saw him get some run with the first group. You know, I just. I'm interested to see if if any new names emerge coming out of fall camp because um, I don't think anybody did anything this spring to have a reason to believe their name is in pen. Right. I don't think the safety group in the spring, from what we heard in the spring and from that game in general, I think the safety room is still a big question mark. I wonder if you do go to the transfer portal there and look for a guy who can perhaps give you some more veteran presence in that safety room or a guy who can give you a little bit more of a consistency? Yeah, I mean, we heard about Texas flirting with a couple of safeties. So, you know, they're definitely poking around. I just – people got to be careful with the portal, though, man. You're not – I mean, you're thinking you're going to find you a star in that portal. It's not – You're not. Kids are transferring for a reason. You got to remember that. There's a reason. Right. So, I think – I mean, is there any other, like, kind of overarching notes you have? I mean, any th- other thoughts you have on this spring game? Just kind of thoughts on it? General? Uh, no, just in general. I don't believe Arch Manning showed up and talking to my my source. Um, they couldn't confirm whether he was there or not. If he was there, um, if he was there, they were ducked off in the suite somewhere, you know, doing something special. Um, but I can I can give a little bit of hints on what I've heard a little bit behind the scenes there. So from what I understand, um, Arch Manning and Coach Sarkeesian and the Manning family, um, they communicate regularly, like almost every day type deal. Something to to realize here as well. They're Manning. The Mannings are fans, okay, of Sarkeesian. You got to understand. Yes, Peyton played at Tennessee. Eli played at Ole Miss. Um, um, Arch's dad would have played at Ole Miss had he not got hurt, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But at the time, um, who was it at Tennessee? Was it David Cutcliffe at Tennessee? I believe was there. And then, um, at Ole Miss was another coach. They're all about the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator and, and that mind and how. You know, as far as NFL stuff, they're not looking for a spread offense, you know, like Oklahoma's doing stuff like that. They want Arch running pro style stuff. And I, I haven't seen anybody that has had anything outside of glowing um, reviews to give about Steve Sarkeesian and the Mannings fall into that category. I don't want to reveal too much, but um, Sarkeesian is in not anybody else. It's Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian is in communication with. The family, pretty much on a daily basis, they have tremendous respect, mutual respect for one another. All Texas has to do is put some proof out on the field this fall, and um, y'all could have some major news go down um, during this season prior to um, prior to next signing day. But um, yeah, the arch the arch Manning stuff is real. Good stuff. Well, on that note. We're going to head off there. That has been 4th and 5, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I've been your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W-I-L-L-B-A-I-Z-E-R. My man, DT, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me in the same place. Um, actually, I've had a few of y'all reach out. We always appreciate the interaction. Appreciate y'all um, listening. Um, you can catch me at uh, CoachDT underscore TFB. Um, same place, Twitter.
Yeah, and Thursdays on the Thirsty Thursday. Yes, yeah, yes, and on Thursday on the Thirsty Thursdays, man. Yeah. On, uh, you guys can find our stuff on utdonors.thefootballbrainiacs.com. Give us a subscription there, and we'd love to see you on there. All uh, that, all that. Yep. On that note, thank y'all for listening. We will see y'all next week. Hook 'em. <laughs>